Alicia. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministry, and we thank you for being part of today's program, as we have a great program prepared for you today as we tackle the book of Ezekiel, chapter 20, with a message titled, Face to Face with God. So we pray that you stay tuned and let your friends and family know uh, so they can be part of this program. And we also want to thank those of you that are listening via pray.com and social media. We thank you for your prayer and your support. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we again thank you so much for those tuned in who want to study your word, Lord. We uh, have a thirst and to understand you better, Lord, to grow closer to you and have that uh, relationship with you that only a father can with their children. So, Lord, we pray you'll open up your text in Ezekiel 20 and 21 and that we may understand your plans. And we thank you, Lord, for all tuned in in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you tune into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our topic for today is Face to Face with God. So again, tune into our program. Get your Bibles ready as we dive in to today's message. But before we do so, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to the program. Nathan, it's always great to have you on. Brother, good to be on with you. Good, Glad you all have tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free. Uh, Vic and I are excited to be going through the book of Ezekiel. There's so much Bible prophecy in there. It's so exciting. It really reveals the end times, and uh, it shows God's plan for the ages. It's just a big, big piece, puzzle piece in the overall prophetic puzzle piece. So we're so glad you guys could join us and come along on this uh, journey. Nathan, and a journey it is, and there's also a, a lot of wonderful other journeys that people can take with us as they study Bible prophecy, as they dig into the resources that we have available for them. Can you share briefly, Nathan, just in case someone is not aware of what we do in our resources? Absolutely. Well, uh, if this is the first time you've tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free. It's the podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, we do that in a number of different ways. Most people know us from our TV show, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired now. Uh, let's see, we're in our 21st season this year. Praise the Lord. And, uh, of course, our website at ChristinProphecy.org is a wealth of articles, videos, uh, social media. You can join a, get a newsletter every other week. Uh, we got magazines you can download. we got so much information about the end times about the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we want you to get as excited as Vic and I and Tim and Dr. Reganall have all been here at Lamb and Lion Ministries about the soon return of Jesus Christ. So check us out, ChristInProphecy.org. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Yes, a lot of amazing resources for you guys uh, to uh, take advantage of. Nathan, we, you and I have been ha having such an amazing uh, time and fun going through the book of Ezekiel. Uh, people probably wonder, what are those two guys on? Why are they so excited about prophecy and the word of God? Well, Nathan, you would agree with me. There's a lot of wonderful things in the book of Ezekiel that will surprise people how prophetically sound and how applicable these messages are even for us today, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're right now in the historical section here uh, in Ezekiel chapter 20 and earlier chapters. is a, a, We're at the end of the 
nation of Judah. It's about uh, 600 BC, a little later. And uh, so the Jewish people had continually rejected God, uh, turned against them and rebelled. And as Moses promised them, if they continued to rebel, the Lord would send them into exile. So here we are. We're in the last days of, for the nation of Judah. Only Jerusalem is yet left. It's besieged by King Nebuchadnezzar. And the elders of, of Jerusalem finally go to Ezekiel, the prophet, and say, hey, why is God allowing this? You know, God's supposed to be for us. And God responds, you've never been for me. You keep disobeying me and you're, you do evil, evil things. Uh, it's time for chastisement. 70 years of exile to the land of Babylon. And so that was uh, happened, true to Nate, in 586 B.C., the uh, Nebuchadnezzar finally defeated uh, Jerusalem and dragged all the Jewish people to exile into Babylon. But as we just read earlier in Ezekiel 20, the Lord also promised he would he would preserve a believing remnant who would then be restored back to Israel. And they did come back to Israel and, and rebuilt the temple later in the, the uh, 6th century B.C. there. And uh, so it's exciting, brother, because uh, we are going to eventually get to the future prophecies about Israel being restored in our day and age and what lies ahead for them. But for now, uh, we're learning about what the Lord has done through Israel, and we learn the lesson, too, that it's important, how important it is to obey God, to stand next to God, and to follow his uh, moral law. Awesome, Nathan. And here in this uh, continuing chapter here in Ezekiel chapter 20, verses uh, 45 through 49, we want to encourage our listeners to follow along because as you and I have been teaching here, God has sent messages to his people. Sometimes he will speak with them with signs and symbols and parables. And basically he wants uh, to portrait the picture of what's going on in the Matthew chapter 13 and in the, in the New Testament, Jesus will sometimes speak to individuals in parable, but it was really not to confuse them, but to bring about truth. And as we look here, verses 45 to 49, we're going to see also another example of this. Nathan, would you be able to take us through there verses 45 uh, through 47? And I'll read a verses uh, 48 through 49 in case someone doesn't have a Bible in Ezekiel chapter 20. Sure thing. And uh, I'll be reading from the New King James, and it's interesting that this section is subtitled Fire in the Forest. So let's learn about that. So pick it up, verse 45. Furthermore, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face towards the south, preach against the south, and prophesy against the forest land, the south, and say to the forest of the south, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will kindle a fire in you, and it shall devour every green tree and every dry tree in you. The blazing flame shall not be quenched, and all faces from the south to the north shall be scorched by it. Verse 48, All flesh shall see that I, the Lord, have kindled it. I shall not be quenched. Then said, Ah, oh Lord, they say of me, does he not speak parables. <laughs> and Nathan, we talked about some of the parables already in the book of Ezekiel early on, but we noticed God meant business here. We're talking about a blazing fire. In other words, judgment is coming. Yes, and we use the word parable. Of course, people think of Jesus speaking and teaching in parables. A parable is merely an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So uh, what he's saying here is I've got a parable of the fire in the forest or the burning of the south, and uh, he's going to give us the the answer to this, you know, what it means. But for now, yeah, you look at it, you're like, okay, so the Lord wants to burn down the South. What does that mean exactly? 
You know, and, and no, Nathan, and that's exactly why I always like to tell people, let's read things in context, because you and I have been going through various chapters, and it's just showing God is displeased uh, with their behavior. He prunes, he corrects those that he loves. And uh, uh, we notice here was also talking about the judgment that was coming by the uh, as they were going to go into captivity. So that's part of why we're going to continue looking at chapter 21, because we want people to be able to follow along with us and not get lost and look at the whole thing in context. Right, right. And and we'll learn, too, that this fire he's talking about is Babylon. So the instrument of judgment against the northern tribes in 722 B.C., was the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrians came, took away the northern tribes and spread them out. Uh, and there, there's even genealogical uh, DNA testing that shows that tribes of Manasseh, for instance, are dwelling in Afghanistan. And I mean, the, the, the northern tribes were just spread and diluted all across the world. Although the Lord, we read in Revelation, will preserve 12,000 from each tribe to become part of the 144,000 witnesses. But in this case, with the southern tribe of Judah, they lasted a lot longer because they did have some righteous kings. The Lord did bless Israel, excuse me, Judah better. Uh, but now Babylon will be this fire, this all-consuming fire that is going to come and purge the land of its sin and evil. Nathan, I love that. And we know that the extent that God uses all the nations, of course, we're going through the book of Daniel uh, in our ministry. Uh, and there we're also talking about Daniel as a captive as well. And we know Babylon is an instrument that has been used by God in, in, in different occasions, the Assyrians, to bring discipline to God's people, to correct them so that they will return to him. And that's exactly what the sword is talking about. It's talking about these nations that oftentimes uh, are being used to correct uh, people, in this case, the Jewish people, uh, from their waywardness, if you will. Uh, so, Nathan, that's why sometimes when we talk about fire, immediately people think, well, wait a minute, are they going to go burn all of them? But it's talking about what's coming. <laughs> Excellent point, Vic. Yes, it's true. Uh, and so we got... Jeremiah, if you read earlier, is a contemporary of Ezekiel. Matter of fact, he's considered the weeping or the lamenting prophet because he actually sees Jerusalem burned down. Uh, but you're right, Daniel comes later. Daniel has already been marched out. Uh, he's exiled to Babylon, and his story actually takes place in Babylon, while Ezekiel's takes place earlier. We read how he was exiled to Babylon. Somehow he's allowed to return and give these messages of God to the people in Jerusalem. And then Jeremiah is another prophet who they continue to ignore, and uh, he will end up, as Jerusalem's destroyed, being dragged down to Egypt. So we got these three men describing the same thing, and it's a tough, really tough time for them to live because they're living at one of the worst time periods of all for Israel, and that is their destruction and, and sending them up to Babylon. But it's also a wonderful time when you think about it because the Lord's going to use this fire, this Babylon, to uh, kind of be his whip or his scourge, so to speak, to get rid of the evil that, that Jerusalem just had fallen into and just couldn't pull themselves out of and keep a believing remnant who will then return and rebuild Israel once more. And so that's that's really exciting that as terrible as judgment is, that God, like you said, Vicki, always uses it to bring about uh, a refining fire and return a right relationship with his people. 
And Nathan, and some people have to recognize uh, it's not just in the Old Testament, but if we get into the New Testament, especially Matthew chapter 24, uh, verses 1 and 3, and we see other instruments such as the Roman Empire and others, because again and again, God's people should have known better. They should have known the scriptures. They should have been paying attention. But a lot of times they're not. And God foretells of these things, one, so that we can believe the word of God, Two, so that we can understand prophecy, but three, to show the Bible prophecy uh, in God's word is is it's going to fulfill what it's going to accomplish. And in the Old Testament, we see it here. He's using different nations. In the New Testament, we start to see towards the Roman Empire. And not only that, Nathan, but there's an amazing prediction in Matthew chapter 24, verses one and three. Uh, speaking about how God is going to use others to bring about his his correction to God's people. And it has to do with the destruction of the temple. And, and again, if you were if if our listeners will follow us uh, to Matthew chapter 24, they're beginning on verses one through three. They will see God also predicting here. Jesus predicting some of the events that that will transpire now towards the, the using the, the Roman Empire, if you will. And in Matthew chapter 24, beginning of verse one, it says, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him to show him the, the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? And surely I say unto you, not one stone shall be turned here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Verse three, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Nate, you and I have talked a, a lot about this passage that exactly 70 AD, right? Titans came in and, and, and destroyed the temple again because the Jewish people really were not paying attention to the things that God said will be coming. Yeah, absolute good point. So we're, we're getting going through a lot of history here. We're going from the 500s BC, where the Lord is exiling the Jewish people out of the land in the, uh, for the purpose of refining them. Matter of fact, uh, back in Isaiah 11, the Lord prophesied that the Jewish people would have to be regathered a second time. So then they should have been like, oh, wait a minute, there's going to be another exile. And sure enough, the Jewish people uh, rejected their Messiah. And 40 years later, the Romans came in and they, like the Babylonians and the Assyrians before them, were the consuming fire that God sent to judge Israel. This time, Israel, the, the Jewish people were pulled out of the land. They were spread all over the world. The Romans had turned the land into a wasteland. They renamed Jerusalem and they renamed the country from Israel to Palestine as kind of a jab at the Jewish people, a reminder of the palace. Um, the Philistines. So it was kind of an insult to the Jewish people. And for hundreds and hundreds of years, the land was desolate. Barely anybody lived in it. And But that was prophesied as well, that the land would be desolate until the Jewish people returned. So it, it's the same thing as before. It was because the people remained in rebellion and unbelief, the Lord had to resort to finally exiling them out of the land. So it's sad. It's a testament to the fact that each generation really doesn't learn from the last, right? Uh, we have to do it ourselves. We have to choose the Lord or not. And eventually you'll get to generations that have forgotten God and fall into evil. And God has to step back in and, and restore them by punishing them. So, yeah, it's, it's a theme throughout the Bible, isn't it? 
Absolutely, Nathan. And I think the message here is for individuals to see that God is a God of love, but God is also a righteous God and he punishes and corrects sin. And oftentimes he'll do it uh, using the enemy, using the other nations, whatever it takes uh, to get people in a sense to repent or wake up. And again, we find in chapter 21 uh, that uh, uh, it, it's it bring it rings truth to what the Bible says uh, in Hebrews 10 31 uh, as we look at uh, Ezekiel chapter 21 there the opening verses verses 1 through 6 Nathan would you be able to read for us there verses 1 through 3 and then I'll cover 4 through 6 in case someone doesn't have a Bible oh absolutely uh, before we get into it, I'd like to make one point is that okay we've seen the Jewish people exiled by the Assyrians, and then they were exiled by the Babylonians, and then they were exiled by the Romans. But you and I know, as the Bible prophesies, there will be another time where the Jewish people regathered back in the land, which they have been, will be assaulted and attacked by not only uh, one nation or one empire, but a global empire ruled by the, what the Bible calls the little horn or the man of lawlessness or the Antichrist. And many Jewish people will flee out of Israel and be protected in the wilderness, uh, possibly Petra and Jordan, while those remaining in Jerusalem are assaulted by the Antichrist to the end of a tribulation. So we're going to see, unfortunately, a fourth exile, not a complete exile this time, but a fourth exile is, is kind of coming to the Jewish people uh, because of, again, the, the Jewish people dwelling in unbelief today in Israel about I was talking with the Messianic Jew and there and about 75 percent of the people there are secular humanists. They don't believe in God. Well, when we get to Ezekiel 38 and 39, we'll learn how Israel will begin believe in God, though not necessarily Jesus as their savior. So uh, we're living between exiles, which is interesting, right? Nathan, that is a very good reminder, and that is a very good point, because we learn from history, we can learn from the past, we can also learn certain things that the Bible says will occur in the future, because we can also get complacent. Sometimes, you know, living in the era that we're, in, we're living in now, seeing Jerusalem regather, some people might say, who cares? How does this apply to us? Well, the point that you made is another pain that, point that we need to pay close attention to because there will be another scattering that will take place. And I think, Nathan, we're, we might see the start of that very soon. If, we're, if, if the church is raptured, which we believe can happen at any moment, that can spin the wheels very quickly to that next event. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jesus said, as like you said, Matthew 24, that the generation that sees uh, the fig tree rebutter, the return of Israel, will be the generation that will see his return. And it doesn't mean generation like you know, 70 years or 80 years or 120, but the era or the time period, Jania uh, generation. So brother, that's the time we're living in now. So these prophecies we're reading about all connect. They're all together. And they all point to the Lord's return to set up his kingdom on this earth where he will rule and reign from Jerusalem itself. So uh, exciting, brother. But I guess we have to go back in time, right? Go back to the Babylonians. Ezekiel chapter 21. Sorry to get you off track there. Uh, so you want me to read <laughs> one through three, right? <laughs> yeah, let's do one through three. And we'll, we'll continue to piece this together for those that are new to our program. <laughs> oh, let's do that. Uh, and the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, set your face towards Jerusalem. Preach against the holy places and prophesy against the land of Israel and say to the land of Israel, thus says the Lord, behold, I am against you. 
and I will draw my sword out of its sheath and cut off both righteous and wickedness from you. Mm, therefore, because I cut off righteous and wicked from you, therefore my sword shall go out of its sheath against all flesh from the south to the north, that all may know, here it is, that I am the Lord, have drawn my sword out of its sheath. It's, it shall not return anymore. Now notice, sigh therefore, son of man, with a breaking heart and sigh with a bitterness before their eyes. Nathan, here we find again, one of our references was in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31. And the Bible said, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And here he is unsheathing his sword, according to the word. And it means, uh, uh, you know, God is not playing. He is going to take action. Yeah, it's one of those verses that really opens up your eyes to the power of God. You know, we're limited, finite creatures. We look uh, at things and we only see a, a small fraction of what's out there. And so we underestimate God all the time. Man, I'm guilty of this all the time. I, sometimes I, I'm shocked that I make such a tiny God. I put him in a box and limit his power and his abilities. And you have to read passages like that to refresh your memory and open up that mind box and make you realize that God created a universe. He's infinite. He not, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And he's all knowledgeable. And the fact that sometimes we limit him so much and also we take him for granted. Well, here's a, a king who created the universe and who is here bringing swift judgment. He brought it to the Egyptians during the Exodus. He brought it during the two exiles. He will bring it again when he returns at the end of the tribulation. Uh, and when Jesus returns at the end, he just speaks and the enemy forces just fall apart because the Lord holds everything together. So I think it's very important. I mean, we could be well, you know, these passages are really negative and dark in the Old Testament, but they bring to light the fact that we underestimate God all the time. Satan underestimates God all the time. And these verses, I think, especially to me, bring back the majesty and glory and power of God back into my mind. Oh, absolutely. And that's why we, we encourage any of you that are part of this program, uh, again, take the word of God seriously. What we find here is intense, but it's the reality how much God cares for humanity and how he means business when it comes to dealing with sin. Nathan, another thing that we notice here in this passage that we hope people understand is that God is not just a God of judgment and war, and he does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. We notice verse six, it said, Sigh, therefore, son of man, with a breaking heart and sign with bitterness before their eyes. In other words, this is not an angry Ezekiel bringing down the law. He's actually with tears in his eyes, sighing that this has to happen. And I believe today that's how God's hands are extended towards humanity, crying and sighing and encouraging people to come to him while there's still time Otherwise, God is going to have to unsheath his sword and pronounce judgment. And the Bible says that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but that all come to repentance and the knowledge of him. And I think that's the message of love today, right, Nathan? A, a message of compassion for people to turn from their sins. Absolutely. You bring up a fantastic point because, yeah, sure, God's angry at sin. Why not? I mean, sin is terrible. The, the evil that we, we do to each other, the horrors that we bring about. And, but at some point, you know, God has to act. He's a just and righteous God. He's perfectly holy. And he can't let sin go on forever and ever. 
uh, what's it? Second Peter three says that he's patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So all those that are righteous should come to him. And that's what we're looking at a time period. And brother, we live in a time period when you read about the sins of Israel, especially in the prophets like Hosea and others, you realize how evil these people had gotten. I mean, they were horrible to each other. They were oppressive. Uh, they were exploitive. And brother, when you watch the news today and you see how evil it's gotten, not just in the United States, but all over the planet. I mean, evil is just everywhere. Good is called uh, bad and bad is called good. It's about time that God's about to unsheath his sword, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, Nathan. And, and that's why we, we pray for those of you that are part of this program that you find yourself on the right side, not on the wrong side. Because we said here, while, uh, while Ezekiel is sighing uh, for what's coming, uh, verse 7 there on Ezekiel chapter 21 says, And it shall be when they say to you, Why are you sighing? that you shall answer because of the news when it comes. Every heart will melt, all hands will be feeble, every spirit will faint, and all knees will be weak as water. Behold, it is coming and shall be brought to pass, says the Lord God. Nathan, I don't know about you, but I see almost like a hint there of the time period of the tribulation when God's full wrath is poured out I mean, here it says the feeble knees, every spirit will faint. All the knees will be weak as water. And in the time of the tribulation, the Bible talks about the, the destruction that's coming, that all the mountains and hills are going to fall. And in other words, this is serious business, uh, what's coming here in the time of Ezekiel. Yes, we read in Revelation 6, which is the sixth seal judgment. There'll be 21 judgments during a, a tribulation time period. And listen to this. Uh, the, the Lord, when he unsheaths his sword again, this is what the earth will look like. Uh, verse 12, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as fig tree drops its lake figs when there's a mighty wind, and the sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And here's how the people react. The kings of the earth. The great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, and even every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, the wrath of Jesus. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? Brother, that is the Lord unsheathing his sword yet again. It's the exact same description we read here in Ezekiel 21. The people's hearts will melt. They will be fearful. They will sigh. Uh, what else do we read here? All hands will be feeble. The spirit will faint and all knees will be weak as water. Whenever God brings judgment for our sins, uh, people melt. And uh, brother, we're, we're about to see it happen again. Absolutely. And, and Nathan, we're seeing certain signs of the times. Uh, God is getting our attention as a nation, as a world. We look at the disaster, the natural disasters, the earthquakes, uh, wars and rumors of wars and people's spirit are fainting. And again, it, we should look at this as an opportunity to ask ourselves, am I right with God? If the Lord were to return today, if this judgment were to come upon this earth, where would I be? And if any of you are in doubt, about your relationship with God, we're going to give you an opportunity right now for you to turn to Christ, to repent and turn to him while there's still time. 
because God loves you and you can escape that wrath to come. Nathan, will you be able to share with this person or anyone tuned in right now, young or old, uh, that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, how they can escape the wrath that's coming? Well, John 3.36 is your go-to verse. It says, he who believes in the Son, in other words, they're saved, has everlasting life. But he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. We are born in sin. We are born in rebellion. And so we are all born under the wrath of God. But Jesus provided the perfect sacrifice by dying on the cross for our sins and then beating death by resurrecting himself from the dead. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and in repentance have our sins forgiven, then that wrath is removed off us and we become the sons who have everlasting life. Isn't that exciting? If you believe that and you haven't accepted Christ yet, then pray from your heart. Something like, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins and my rebellion. Uh, be the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus will forgive your sins. The wrath of God will be off you and you will inherit eternal life with him. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan, for giving out that invitation. And if you trust in the Lord, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call, 305-992-9537. We'd love to rejoice with you and give you a Bible and a Bible study, guys, so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And Nathan and I want to say congratulations for turning to Christ. We are so excited for you. And again, reach out to us at ChristInProphecy.org. Uh, we always love when people give us feedback that they've come to Christ and uh, that they're on their way to heaven. So Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful invitation. And hopefully someone out there uh, was listening and paid attention to it. And uh, we'll see them in heaven soon. That's our prayer, right, brother? Absolutely. That is so awesome. Thank you. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. But Nate, it's always a joy when we do these programs together, right? Amen. Every day. It's the highlight of my week. Uh, awesome. So again, want to say goodbye. May the Lord bless you. And we hope you guys have a great week. And thank you for being part of today's program. And the Lord is coming back soon. So keep your eyes on the sky.